The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know what I like about January? It's the beginning of the year. Uh, people can get started new. Uh, and I know it's arbitrary, right? Uh, what's the difference between January and, uh, you know, and, and August? But a lot of people in January make the decision to change things in a fundamental way. And fitness is always one of the top things that people decide to, to jump on and change. And uh, we at Mind Pump understand this. We've all worked in the fitness industry for a very, very long time. We've seen people you know, come into gyms in droves in January and then stop coming a few months later because they don't have uh, the guidance. They don't have the right exercise routine. They don't have the, the right setup. They're not seeing the, the best results or they overdo it to begin with and they hurt themselves or burn themselves out. One of the best things you can do this month is get started with our MAPS Super Bundle, which includes all of our best programs. Uh, it's got MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, MAPS Aesthetic, it includes MAPS Prime. Arguably the most important piece. M- MAPS Prime is breakthrough. Uh, it teaches you how to set up your workouts based on how your body moves. You follow, There's three tests that you take. They're called the compass tests. And how you perform those helps determine what you do to set your workout up. And that's very important because it sets mm. up your recruitment patterns. It makes sure that your muscles are firing the way they should. And it ensures that the workout you're about to do is it's most effective. It takes um, a lot of all the guessing out of it, right? So now you take a critical look at how your body is performing or where your starting point is, and then we take you from there exactly where you should go. Exactly. And, and we simplify it so that we take a lot of the thinking for most people out and give you those movements that are ideal to uh, fix whatever dysfunction you could possibly have or prime that body for the ideal, like you said, recruitment patterns. It's literally set, this, the Super Maps bundle literally sets you up for the whole year. And we've even included Maps Anywhere, which is a no equipment required routine because at some point during this year, you may be traveling, you may just not want to go to the gym, you may want to mix things up. Uh, well, there's your workout. And it's all programmed out for you. Each one of these MAPS programs is almost like three or four separate programs within them because your workouts are phased. It's literally a year planned out for you professionally uh, with some of the best trainers um, you're going to find. It's a MAPS Super Bundle. You can get it now at mindpumpmedia.com. On top of that, we also have the, we're giving away our, the, the guides with it. Oh, right? I forgot about we're that. We're also giving away the, nutri- the nutrition and the fasting guide whenever you purchase this bundle. I mean, that's a... Food it, intake, very important. Yeah, that's also... A, you know, we know that a lot of people that will be starting in January... Uh, and we know that's also a, another, you know, sixty, seventy dollar value of ours that we're going to throw in for free if you're investing in that bundle and getting your programming out. So help you out with the nutrition side, also. Excellent. Mindpumpmedia.com. You know what we're doing right now? Stirring the soup. Oh, we're giving away some free clothes to people. It's cold outside. Get some extra layers on. We're going to provide some extra layers for you. Baby, it's cold outside. How many, Doug? Oh, 21. Holy smokes, 21. That's pretty good. 21, uh, and we're going to give away six shirts. So starting with... That's one more than five. Exactly. Mm. Starting with Discovering the Warrior. 
The second one, another Johnson. Another Johnson? <laughs> Not another <Ooh>. one. <laughs> that just remember those big Johnson so many shirts Johnsons. when you were a kid? Yeah. Oh, if somebody shit. could find me where I could still find those and order those, I'm gonna I would like to, to resurrect. And then it's got this huge wooden. Yes, uh, I would love surfboard. to resurrect the yeah. big Johnson shirts. Those were uh, great. Yeah. I remember that. Big Sorry. Johnson's guys. driver. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Josh Bear X Diesel. X Diesel. Squats and Science. Squats and Science. Yeah. That's a great one of Sal's followers. MJ All Day 77. Yeah, he, he almost Ooh. forgot to. That's leave one of Adam's followers. <laughs> <laughs> All of you are winners. So send your name to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com, your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. We love you all. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Can we open this and yeah, sing some sing? of the uh, Schoolhouse Rock music? Conjunction, junction, like any function. Anytime you you summon him, he does better on his own. Yeah. When, when you try and force it, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem to come out right. It is like having sex without lube. <laughs> a bit. A, is that what it's like? I don't know. Oh man! What about the you guys? You guys ever watch this? Remember I watched when we some kids? terrible right, movies look, look, this look, last look, week. Look. Knowledge is power. Schoolhouse Rock, you guys remember that shit? That was I'm just a that was back that was back when TV hero. like was re- required to be yeah informative. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you actually had to learn something. Yeah, like they were like, uh, like one of my favorite ones. Does PBS still exist? Is that still a thing? Of course it does. Yeah. It is. Yeah, there was. Uh, here's my favorite one right here. Right here. Let's see if you guys remember this. One. Please, please show us. Okay. <laughs> what is it? It's the bill. Yeah. Capitol Hill. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Fucking brilliant. I'm just a bill. They, look, let, me, yeah. let me explain something to you right now. I have two kids. I have kids, right? <laughs> They're watching fucking, when they watch Cartoon Network now, it's bullshit. When we were kids, I was, le- I was learning about bills on <laughs> oh, Capitol Hill. That's I was funny. learning about conjunctions. Yeah. Remember yeah. Conjunction Junction? I was learning about the preamble Watch and all kinds of shit. Function. Damn. Do you do you think TV's gotten better or worse for kids? Never, TV's like Reading Rainbow. TV's. Awesome. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, and I don't watch any of that shit. Captain you guys Kangaroo. have done both. Right? TV's gone to shit, but yeah. internet now, of course, kids can learn. Yeah, like YouTube. Anything. Don't don't all kids watch YouTube now? That I mean, nobody. I feel like so. Dude, well, I just paid for Dish Network to hook up my TV with all these channels. What yeah. do my kids do? They go on YouTube. Well, that's I just wasted money. Yeah. Can so I just tell you the worst one out there? I, I feel is like Caillou. You, can, can you feel me? Does on he that? have cancer, or is it just that's how he? I don't he looks? know what's going on with him, but he's the whiniest ever, little shit. I have you ever no seen idea. Caillou? No, I have no idea. What you're Bro, Caillou about. is a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's so. It's how do you spell it? It's a, a weird spelling you. too. K. Is it's it a, is it a YouTube? I L O U. Watch this. My kids used to watch all But the he time. looks like... Well, could you... Since I'm sitting in the room and I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, I'm sure there's thousands of people. That could you please fucking explain it? I, yeah, you're showing me, but nobody No, can. but I'm asking He's you this the, question. I don't know anything about yeah, it, so it, share. When I first saw it, I'm like, oh no, are they doing, what a, are they doing a cartoon about... It's like a cartoon uh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. some kid. On know. YouTube? On, no, it's on... Uh, yeah, but Charlie Brown was kind of bald. What was his deal? You know what I mean? Oh, he had a, like a little tuft of hair, a little but that bit. was like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are picking on a cartoon right now? Huh? Yeah. Saying he has cancer? 
No. And nobody looks like No, but it's sad it's because that's like, what I thought. What? Yeah. That's what I thought when the, I first saw it. The I'm impression like, is, is like, like hmm, why is this kid something off? It's on like it's on regular 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 cable. What's it yeah. on? It's like on the uh like Sprout. Nick Jr. or Oh, yeah, yeah, that's think, right. Yeah, is yeah. it that popular? I've never heard of it. I mean, is it like SpongeBob popular? It's popular. No. No, no, no. SpongeBob SpongeBob's yeah. is the king. Yeah. But Caillou, so Sprout I has these especially if you have really young kids. So that's your youngest watches that shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you have really young kids and they have like these shows uh, that are, they're just you wanna, you wanna kill everybody. Like, yeah, they're yeah. so fucking annoying you have to sit through it. Just like, Nyah! Caillou is one of them. I yeah. feel like maybe you guys. I, I mean, I would think you guys because you guys are so uh, connected to your children. I think you guys are great parents. You guys don't have like. I a, think I have two kids. You don't have a <laughs> channel that, uh, that yeah. you don't have an educational channel that's like cartoon slash education that they watch or something that you got them yeah, into. Yeah, of course, but then they get over it after a while. It's like little Einstein and like, I like all that little kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a few educational type like cartoons or like programs that they watch, but it's just like. <laughs> Oh, well, you know how kids are too, though. Like kids will they'll they'll hook on something, they love it, and then they're and then just like they, over it. They watch it so much, and then they yeah. get over it. But then during that period of watching it so much, you just it just it burns itself in your brain. Yeah, and it becomes horrible. Yeah. So would you say that they're, they're it's like Clockwork Orange? They oh, don't yeah, uh, totally. they don't watch a lot of these shows. They do watch a lot of these shows. I mean, do they get you guys feel you feel like it's worse? TV's worse now, educational wise, for the kids. You have to navigate, like, to find. Well, so here's the thing. I mean, I think as a kid, for me, I remember like reading Rainbow, and I remember, oh, I remember yeah, Mister Rogers, Captain Kangaroo. I, I remember a yeah. lot of these shows that you got some, you know, good information as a kid, right? The stuff that you could learn, and, and, and it was somewhat entertaining. Have, yeah. And not to mention the cartoons that we watched that were that were not supposedly informational, like GI Joe. At the end of it, there was always a message. Give you a moral message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. if if because we know, all wanted to be or real like the real music American would come heroes. in at the end of Full House, you know, it's like oh, Michelle, you know, it's like like he'd have this like moral yeah. thing he would tell her, yeah, or even He Man. Yeah. Hey, today, kids, I killed you know four enemies with my sword, <laughs> but the message is to be nice with everyone. You'd be like, what? <laughs> I, yeah. Did I tell you guys I had uh, Brianna reach out to Bob Saget because he's coming into town for the improv? Thought maybe we'd get him on the no show. No way. That'd yeah. be awesome. Right. He's the most I know inappropriate. He has n- I know. I know he has nothing to do it. with fitness, but that, well, shit, he's in San Jose already. Yeah. Maybe, we, and, and I think he just released a book or something. So I thought, oh, this could be cool. We could yeah. have him come on the show. Yeah, actually, she presented it to me. I thought, fuck yeah, why not? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like Bob Saget, like Full oh, House. Yeah. We all watched Full House growing up. I've seen a lot of his stand up. It's I love super Bob raunchy, Saget. right? Who's happened yeah. to the dignability? And he was on Entourage. Like, yeah. I mean, I, definitely, I think it would be a funny guest to talk to. He's, he's probably, a, probably a cool guy. Or he's, he's an asshole. I'm not sure. He, I think he, he he's I don't filthy. know. He's Who filthy cares? Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. What was it you were going to say? You were going to tell us a story, Adam. I wasn't telling you a story? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when we were in the warehouses. It just reminded me. So as a kid, uh, one of my first jobs I had when we were in high school, this was my, God, sophomore, freshman, sophomore year. So this was before I started working at the dairy. I worked a a job where we were in these warehouses and my buddies, my buddies' parents own like, they own this mixing company and I, you know, I forgot the name of it. But we mixed a lot of uh, stuff like uh, Hershey chocolate. We did design. We did the, oh shit. We did whey protein. Say what? We did whey protein for um, what was the big brand? Did you ever did designer? You, we did look, designer whey protein. Now, now look at me. Be honest now. What? Did you ever? You don't lie. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Did you ever stick absolutely your finger did. in the chocolate? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I thought you were saying his dick. So this is. <laughs> 
I'm I, glad you didn't. What we were responsible for, and I did everything. So Mommy, I worked the chocolate salty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was just waiting. If you're going to interrupt me, no, again. I'm done. Okay, <laughs> we we worked assembly lines. We worked. Uh, we had to clean up the warehouse afterwards. So we've done every. I've done everything from uh, running the huge bags, uh, sewing sewing the bags, loading the bags, putting the lids on top of the the Hershey cans and Ghirardelli chocolate. We did. Uh, loading the protein powder inside the create. We did creatine. I seen all this. This was my first experience being around supplements like this, which already made me scratch my head and go like, bunch of high school kids. You know, <laughs> we're not measuring shit Just out. Like, it in yeah, there. yeah, because so the way these companies work, <laughs> right? Horrible. Yeah, so there's like there's like levels of like purity, right? So if you, as long as you pass, like you pass, and the restrictions on things that aren't don't have to be FDA regulated, like are really easily can get away with mm. uh, so there's a pound of dirt in there it's not a big deal yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, right. and i'm exaggerating right now but it's like there's very little regulation that goes into this but man we used to so we would come in after these shifts so that that was a fun job like if you worked assembly line i was making minimum wage standing in a line for eight hours doing some bullshit job that was repetitive which was super motivating as a kid to make sure I didn't get stuck doing just in total respect for anybody that has to do that. I'm not talking shit. It was just very motivating for me. Like, okay, I need to make sure I don't have to do this for the rest of my life because I don't like this right at all. But what we did have fun doing was after the, the warehouse closed down, all the employees left, there was a team of us that would come in and we would clean the warehouse. You'd have to clean it and prep it for the next, the next shift that came in the next morning. And we all loved doing that because no, there was no bosses, there was nobody in there, and there was forklifts, and there was all these rafters, and oh, dude, we would turn the lights off and do high. We'd order pizza, pizza would come in, we'd like throw. It would be like work slash fucking late, like tag and hide and seek and hopping from rafter to rafter. My buddy actually, the when it all went, we all had to stop it was when he backed the forklift through the fucking roll up door. And then we were all <laughs> fucked after that. All lost our jobs. Nobody, oh, no. nobody was allowed to work there anymore. But he was, uh, he was fucking around. Everybody was fucking around on the forklift, you know, doing donuts and doing cool shit. And he had it in reverse, thinking it was, you know, going forward. Stepped on it, and that shit went right through one of those aluminum oh, roll-up shit. doors. Yeah, there was no way for us to uh, patch that up and act like nothing happened. Now, Oops. now, did did you guys? Because it seemed this to me the instant thing that came to my mind right now is you've got all this creatine powder, right? Take a big pile of it, put it on a table, sit in front of it, and pretend to be Tony Montana. Take a picture. Well, this was that would have been a cool picture, right? <laughs> Absolutely, we did stuff like that. Only this was before cell phone cameras existed. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. and none of us carried around like an actual like camera. Yeah, camera some of like the stone anyway. tablet and a and a chisel. It's like one of those like Polaroid. <laughs> Isn't it funny to think though that like so our generation like now if kids would probably take pictures of that, post it on their Instagram, it would be viral right away, oh, and yeah. you'd probably be caught. Where we yeah. didn't do any of that stuff because that didn't even exist you know wow. so that you was know, one of your first jobs it was one of them yeah i did a lot i did a lot of little odd odds and ends like that like i my dad did con- construction so i worked on construction sites so i had a little bit of experience doing that everything from building fences to plumbing stuff to framing to roofing to blah 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 everything that encompasses right. construction what was your first job justin me and digging ditches really yeah, <laughs> it was horrible really it was, a lot of stuff was based off of house like building houses and framing houses and roofing. And I actually worked a, a warehouse job too, but this was more when I was like uh, in junior high and then high school. And like, it was just straight up slave labor. Like my dad like would bring me to his work at like 5am 
And uh, I would load these heavy ass windows and doors off of trucks like all fucking day long <laughs> with this guy who, and like, this is where they hire labor people and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's so funny because I would hang out with them and um, they would disappear at lunch. And I, I, like, I, I could never find them. And so I'm just loading this shit by myself, you know, until they stroll back in at like three or four o'clock. And <laughs> it was, it was bad, dude, because it was like I was responsible for like, you know, getting all this shit off, putting it on, like, getting, and, it, and these windows were like, you know, fuck, dude, they were huge. They're like bay windows. Have you ever seen like, yeah, how big they can get? Yeah. So it was how like, the hell do you move that? So you have to, you have to have like a lot of dollies, and I had to like just pick them up, put them on the dollies, and like, like center it, and like make sure everything was like, um, you ever balanced. Break did you ever break any? <clears throat> um, no, actually, no. But I, I did. Uh, I was supposed to move the van. Um, one of the guys that had the service van, I was supposed to move it for him and like, I hit reverse and I slammed into the dock like because <laughs> this metal plate like kind of sticks out for like the truck. And so that metal plate like like pierced right through the back of the of the van, like all the way through and like cut its way in. <laughs> oh my god. I got in trouble for that. Did my, you ever sell did you ever do factory work or anything like so, that? I didn't even have a license, so I was like, fuck. So my first like actual paying job, because I worked with my dad when I was a kid and he was a you know, he's a, a tile setter and he did stone and all that stuff. So I mixed cement and shit like that. But my first actual job job where I show up and they pay me, I was a dishwasher. Now, when I, you know, I've always had this like sense of like wanting to impress my boss. So, and I would look up to my boss. It didn't matter what I was doing. So, I, here I am. I'm a dishwasher, the head cook. I'm like, I really want to impress this guy. I really look up to him, which is hilarious. But, and so I would do a really good job or whatever. And I always thought this guy was cool. And he'd take me home sometimes because at the time I didn't have my license yet because I was real young. And I'll never forget, dude, one day. So, in the back is where you'd wash dishes, right? So, it was at this, uh, this pizza place down in uh, South San Jose. And and in the, in the dishwashing area, you have these high racks where you put the cups, and then the lower rack is where you where they give you all the dirty dishes, and you rack them in this rack, and then you there's this fucking amazing dishwasher. By the way, I still want one in my house because it would wash these dishes in like a minute. Like you'd close the fucking thing, you you'd close the door. There was two doors, you'd shut them down, push a button, and be like. <laughs> And then you pull them up and then boom, they're clean. So I don't know what it was doing, but it was amazing. (laughs) So, but if I had plates and cup stack, I was in this little cove and you couldn't see me if you walked in the back. Because if you walk in the back, there's also the entrance to the big walk-in fridge and there's all this like, you know, uh, like, you know, big bags of, you know, flour and shit that they'd use to make pizzas and stuff, right? So you couldn't necessarily see me or hear me if the dishwasher was running because it was loud as fuck. So one night, I'll never forget this. Here I am. I'm, I don't know, 15 maybe, 15 years old or just turned 16. I'm real impressionable. I'm trying to do a really good job. I really want to work hard. I look up to this cook who's, you know, this married man with kids. I've been to his house a couple times. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm washing dishes and I hear giggling in, in, in the room with me. But they obviously it's on the other side of this, this wall of dishes and shit. So, you know, like, I can't see what it is, but I hear like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I hear like, stop, oh my God, shh, shh, shh. And I hear that and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yes. So I look around the corner and he's fucking making out with one of the waitresses. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not. His, God, we talk about restaurant stories. Bro, on bro, but it's like, yeah. he's making out with her, right? And then, so I see them and I go right back around inside my cove area. Yeah. So now I'm like. And remember, I'm like a 16-year-old kid. Like, I'd never seen anything like this before. <laughs> I come from a very, you know, traditional conservative family. Like, 
if you did this, like you were a, a, a just horrible. Like I didn't understand the complexities of humans, like I do now, mm-hmm. and it's a bad thing to do, regardless. But for me, it was like, ho- like I didn't know what to do. Like I just witnessed, like this man. I knew his wife. Like he just. Oh, he was married. This is the owner. Married with kids. Oh wow! And I just saw him make out with a waitress. So I'm in the back, and I'm just like, what the fuck do yeah. I do? <laughs> so I'm in the back. So I take a dish. And I like drop it so that it makes a bunch of noise, oh, not enough God. to break it, but enough to make noise. And then I hear them like she's la- she's like, hey, and then she and they stop. And then I keep washing dishes. And then he comes around the corner, he sees me, and he's like, hey Sal, I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He goes, uh, what are you doing? Well, I'm just washing dishes. He's like, okay, did you come out there at all? I'm like, no. And he goes, all right, and he walks away. So he had no idea oh, that wow. I saw him, right? Yeah. So I went home that night, and I'm not, I'm not, this is a true story, right? I was so fucking tormented by this information that I just saw this dude cheat on his wife. Did you tell your parents? No. I didn't. So here's the thing I was totally tormented by it. So I'm like, what do I do? Do I, I was like, I was so, bro, I was this close. I was this close (laughs) to calling his wife. What? Yes. Because I was, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to do the right thing. Like, I'm like, what do I do? Do I tell his wife? And you know why I didn't call? so innocent. Because you know why I didn't call his wife? Because I'm some fucking kid and I know for a fact he would have denied it and they both would have turned on me and it wouldn't have helped anybody. And so I just didn't say shit uh, to anybody. But wow, man. Wow, that that's like when I saw fucking uh, my manager snorting coke <laughs> all in, in this bathroom stall. Like he had a, he had the door kind of cracked open and he was just like giving me shit about not cleaning enough in my section and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I go in there. I'm just like, you know, I'm taking a piss and I kind of look in and he's just... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like a shit ton of coke. Like it wasn't just like, you know, like little bumps. He's just like... <laughs> Getting it all over his face, and I was—I I, I kind of look in, and then like we made eye contact, and he looks up, like all like paranoid, like oh shit, you know. And I'm just like, uh huh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, buddy. And I went back out, and then he tried to say some shit. And I was like, ah, I just started ignoring him from then on. And like, he was you just cool with like you, you can't say shit, buddy. Wow. And he was just cool with you from that. He was point cool. On. Yeah, he was cool with me from then on. God, man, I hate that. Dick, I though. hate when I see something and I'm if that's wrong. And then you're in that kind of conundrum, like, what do I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it going to help or is it going to make things worse? So I was, mm. I was in Let a, them bury themselves. I was That's in a I crazy think. similar They got si- divorced eventually, by the way. So it yeah. made me feel better. See, okay, at least they're divorced. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was in an almost identical situation to your Sal, only mine was an ongoing thing and with my best friend in school. So we were 17 years old. And uh, I'm going to try and like do this without <laughs> giving too much information away right here. So, <laughs> no names, dude. Yeah, no names. Yeah, it's just your best friend in high school when you were 17. <laughs> well, Nobody's going to well, connect he, to <laughs> he can know. I don't want to ruffle any more crazy feathers yeah. with uh, this family and stuff like because they did divorce later on and stuff like that. And, and, but we were 17 years old and uh, we worked this job. And uh, the, the husband and wife, they had, they had three kids, husband and wife. They were in their early 30s, so between, I can't remember, between 30 and 34 when we were 17, and uh, my my best friend has an affair with the wife who's- uh, Your the, 17-year-old friend? Yes. Oh, wow. my and God. And they, the, they were the boss. So the crazy part was he was like this kind of quiet, shy, no sexual experience kid. Perfect prey. And yeah. you know, I was kind of the, like the, the loud, outspoken one. Well, I had a girlfriend in high school, and the wife used to always talk to me about relationships and this and that. And I knew that the, the husband and wife were kind of going through it, and 
they weren't speaking. I mean, I get to see these people every single day, all the time. Like, so I get to know the family really well. I was part of the family business. They had hired me. I'd been working there for a few years. I then brought my buddy on who had been working there now for like a year. And then he tells me one day and I'm like, what the fuck, bro? You're fucking the boss's wife. Like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> so he, he, they went on with this for like maybe, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. Oh my God, it was a long thing. Oh, it was a very long thing. And she got like, she was like falling in love with him and he got like freaked out. Like, what do I do? Like, dude, we're in high school. He's got a 30 something year old married woman with two or two or three kids that is like in love with him, wanting to leave her husband for him. And he's like, dude, what do I do? And I'm like, don't bring me into this <laughs> shit right now. I brought you, you to, I, I'm going to get, I'm going to get up fucking roasted dude for bringing you here. And now you're, you're sleeping with the boss's wife. So, and like he used to share these crazy stories with me where they would be fooling around and he would be like coming around the corner like right afterwards oh and they pretend God, to work dude. like, oh, dude, it was dude. crazy. So you know they, how dangerous that is? Oh, because I'll tell you something right now. The, the one thing you never want to do is get caught banging someone's wife by the husband because it's oh it's my the, God. if there's ever a likelihood you will die yeah there's if yeah. there's ever a likelihood that like someone murderous rage that someone who's all, who's kind of on the edge anyway who's yeah. gonna, it's going to push him over and want to kill you yeah it's they, that they will especially that. at their straight OJ you. at their place too yeah, like dude are you kidding me right now like you're uh, easily I shoot you with a shotgun and pretend it was accident because you're on my property that's <laughs> you what I'm saying you know what I'm saying like I thought he was attacking my wife yeah oh God dude are you kidding me so crazy yeah no that was a uh, pretty pretty uh, wild wild yeah. one time uh, god this was years just a long i just remembered this i had totally repressed this a long time ago i had seen this older kind of she didn't look full on homeless but you could tell she wasn't you know she wasn't having good times you know what i'm saying and i was at the grocery store and she took a box of something i don't remember what it was exactly and she put it be underneath her sweater and she's walking around with it, and I know I'm like this. This fucking lady's gonna steal that shit. <laughs> yeah. And half of me is like, you fuck you, don't steal, because I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always like, you know, that's just wrong, right? Yeah. And then the other half of me is conflicted because I'm looking at her, and I'm like, man, she's she she's, really needs it. She's yeah, probably yeah. in her forties. Yeah. She definitely doesn't look like she's you know some wealthy whatever. And it's food, you know what I mean? It's not like she's stealing electronics or whatever. I don't know. I just kind of was so conflicted. So I walked up to her in the grocery store. This is a true story. I was I was young. I was just a kid. I walked up to her and I said, "Hey, I said, uh, I I see that I see what you're hiding under your sweater." And she goes, "What? I'm not hiding." I said, I, "I see what you're hiding it under your sweater." I said, "If you take it out, I said I'll buy it for you and I'll buy you some other stuff too." And she actually took it out and I bought her some fucking groceries. Believe it or not. How old were you? Uh, I was young. I must have been. I was probably 18, maybe at the at the oldest. But it was very conflicted because. And what I told myself was. If she lies about it, yeah. if I offer to buy her the shit and she lies, then I'm going to tell on her. No, that's a good move. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so I felt better about it about yeah. about buying those things for her. But it was actually took a lot of courage. I'm, it was very, I was very, I was intimidated. Like, what do I say? Very yeah. noble to this person. It is a noble. It could have backfired. Noble deed. Yeah, yeah. it could have backfired. You think so? Yeah, she. Well, what the fuck? You know, because she didn't actually steal it yet. You know yeah, what I'm saying? She yeah. could have totally she been very which abrasive. You, with and you. do you know that technically by law that you can do that, right? Like you could stuff all these things in your pockets, like you're going to steal it. Of course. And, until you walk out that door, you can't. Of they can't do anything. And she did. She did deny it at first. And I said, "Look, I'll buy. I'll pay for that for you, and I'll pay for whatever else you want." And uh, she actually walked off, and then came back to me afterwards, and she said, "Well, how about if I get this, this, and I bought her a few things." 
And I felt a lot better about that. You know, I was telling Katrina that could uh, totally backfire. night before last, we were grocery shopping and I was like, you were standing and waiting in line. And I'm like, God, isn't it crazy how this is going to all change in the next like 10 years? Like I really, I, pre- I predict that like, you know how we already have already evolved to like self checkout, you know? And when self-checkout first started, like hardly anybody used it. Mm-hmm. And now you see like, you actually see a line oh, to get where it, I go. Right. To yeah, the self-checkout. Right to self-checkout. Almost always. Right. Yeah. So when you find out how simple it is to check your own stuff out, you know, so slowly but surely you're starting to see the elimination of like these people and, and that are doing checking. And eventually I, I foresee that there'll be some sort of a weight uh, a weighted type of scale where you also will have a scanner. Well, you'll scans just, it. Yes, yeah. you'll just push your cart over it. It'll scan the whole thing and it'll and it'll weigh it. Kind of the same type, same uh, formula that it does when after you bar. Well, it's like yeah, it's what is it? Um, tractor trailers. You know how they go through. Yes. Yeah, and so they scan everything that's inside the tractor trailer and the weight and all that. Yeah, so the same. The technology's yeah. there. I'm so. sure it's in the works. Oh, it's got to be, be in the works. Where eventually you'll see a grocery store being managed, especially as if they keep raising uh, minimum wages and stuff like. Like that they're applying a lot of pressure on that market and it's just going to make it Which totally viable for such a great point that you bring that up is robots why are going to steal our i jobs. get so annoyed by people that are so pro minimum wage going up because like you don't you just don't even realize what what's happening you think it's all pro or it's all good because you are a minimum wage person and you just got a dollar bump or whatever but what you don't realize is that now all the people that are running that facility mm-hmm. or whatever you're a part of are going like finding ways to eliminate your out, job yeah how to automate yeah because they don't it doesn't make sense you know or that you're, you're taking straight from it's their, just a, it's a market pressure and you artificially create that market pressure it, it, it's gonna look at here's the thing it's gonna happen at some point doesn't matter whether you add minimum wage or not things will probably be automated you're just making it happen a lot faster <laughs> when you're telling a company that you're raising you're, they're going to raise their cost of you know uh, uh of staying in business yeah. and then they're like well we might well, as well go this way and save money it's like you mentioned when we were driving over the bridge and that person's like taking your money it's like oh the, the toll why the fuck are you here doing this like really do we need right. this we yeah, it doesn't, make, it doesn't, make, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Do you know, we got a ticket yesterday. Uh, you know those new lanes that you guys, we have the fast track lanes over mm-hmm. off of 580. So uh, I didn't even realize, uh, like maybe three weeks ago, uh, Katrina and I went back to see my my sister for uh, my niece's one-year-old bir- birthday party. And it was also the same night we were heading out to uh, the Warriors game. And so we were bombing on 580 back to uh, go to the Warriors game. And I don't even remember what time it was, but there, it was Katrina and I together. And I had just assumed that I can use that fast lane if like a commuter lane, but it doesn't work that way. So if it's during these certain hours, you know, whether you have two people in your car or not, you can't get in those fast track lanes. I didn't know that. I also didn't realize that uh, how they get you. They this It's all. So it, I think it's got. So you have a little fast track thing that goes in your car mm-hmm. and it scans it when you yeah, go by yeah, checkpoints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I got this ticket in the mail with a shot screenshot of my license plate mm-hmm. and a bill for for driving in that and I'm like motherfucker man yeah, yeah. we're even automating the law dude <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, totally. you don't even get to catch me in in person anymore like well, you, dude think about it this way why <laughs> you know how long ago they could have controlled speed limits and on freeways if they really wanted to <laughs> right you know how easy it would have been to be like okay speed limiters on all cars nobody could go faster than 70 miles an hour done Problem solved. Yeah, so or, much more money. Or here's some cameras. This is how fast. I mean, people don't really want that, right? They like the fact that they can kind of get away with shit. And I'm sure auto manufacturers don't want that either. Isn't it funny when you think about yeah. that? Yeah. That That's so true. All cars would have two gears. You know what I mean? They'd be <laughs> super fast at 65 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> they get away with it. But I get there the fastest. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I can accelerate 70, real fast. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Point zero. 
How fast is the bird coming? Oh my god, it's oh no, it's only doing Mach three. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First up, Chris Sadie Jessen. How can I fix a broken wrist when behind neck shoulder pressing so you know what that means they're breaking their uh, i have this if you got broken wrists you probably don't want to press this is this is my (laughs) this is my issue right now it's not a literal broken wrist you should explain yeah so if a perfect example if you follow if you follow me on uh instagram i think i've done a post in the last month or so of me doing a shoulder press behind the head and you'll notice that uh, even when i squat i have a broken wrist still and i had some uh i'm you know some people automatically love to point out any flaws in any of my form and techniques so that was one of the first things someone pointed out and i said yes fully aware that i still have broken wrist and what that is is i do not have the shoulder mobility yet to still get myself in that fully retracted position that my wrist can stay neutral so even though it's in your wrist it's not a wrist issue that you're dealing with it's a shoulder it's a compensation yes so your wrists are breaking because your shoulders cannot retract back enough uh, to keep them in the neutral position. So it's actually your shoulder mobility uh, that you need to address. And that's what so prime, he, prime is all about. Here's the problem. So a broken wrist is when your wrist is extended and the weight is sitting in your hand with a uh, with an extended wrist. In other words, uh, it's like bending, It's like when you, you know when you would do a push-up and you're on the floor yeah. doing push-ups and your wrists are in that position because your hands are pressing on the floor. It's similar to that, except you're holding a barbell, so your wrists are just bent back. Yeah. Versus so having a lot of force. Yeah. Versus having straight wrists where it's all lined up. Now, here's right. what you. Here's why a broken wrist is a bad idea. If I'm pushing a lot of weight, and let's my, not say bad idea. Let's say uh, inferior, less optimal. Yes, less optimal. Well, okay. So because I don't want to say bad because there's 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 a lot of people on both sides of this camp that will will debate us here's here. well here's the problem with it the problem with broken wrists is if if with any joint uh if i'm applying uh resistance on a joint's end range of motion and i allow the ligaments and the joint itself to support a lot of the weight then i can get problems now if i'm if i have a broken wrist but it's not at its end range of motion and it's not being supported by the joint and I'm actually supporting it by the muscles of my wrists, my fingers and my forearm, then I'm okay. Um, uh, now, the bad part about that then is, of course, I'm training that, that particular recruitment pattern and it becomes mm. very difficult then for me to learn how to press with a uh, straight wrist. Now, when I'm in a straight wrist, I'm not at any range of motion or not at any, excuse me, re- end range of motion. So it's safer. Straight, straight meaning neutral. So yeah, you're neutral, not, right? Yeah. So, so there's no, there's no issue with that. It's the same thing with like rounding your back when you deadlift, or yeah. it's force distribution. I mean, yeah. If if you can, I mean, have it in that position, it's optimal because now that force is able to travel further down, like more medial to the body. So it's coming into the body uh, versus versus like if I have if I have my wrist broken in back, like. Think about how much stress you're, you're you're placing right there on that joint specifically versus it being able to travel down further. So you see this in bench press, like people will bench a lot with a broken wrist, yeah, 
and you'll see people have wrist problems as a result. There is a way to place the bar to where it's like on the heel of your hand, so it's still pressing on you know on a less vulnerable part of the joint. But let's move away from the from the wrist for a second, and let's just talk about the shoulder. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, that because this is where really the issue is. The no. ri- issue actually has nothing really to do with the wrist whatsoever. It has everything to do with your yeah, scapula contraction. Yeah, yeah, but besides the compensation part, it's also bad for your shoulders to press this way, and I'll explain why, or at least. Bad might be the wrong word. It's less optimal because when I'm holding a weight with a broken wrist and my elbows are actually not traveling as far down as they can in range of motion because the second I straighten my arm out, I get another maybe half an inch of range of motion because the bar now is a little bit higher in my hand than when I'm holding it with a broken wrist. So it actually increases range of motion. The second thing is when you're pressing a weight, uh, you want the line uh, to be as straight as possible between the joints. You want that bar to be on top of the joints that are pressing the weight because it's biomechanically advantageous. It keeps it more stable. Um, positioning tends to be a little bit better. If I'm pressing it to where the bar is not sitting on top of the joints that are moving it in a particular in a straight uh, you know line, I'm now having to support the weight a, a little bit differently. It's not just up and down. Now I'm supporting it now more maybe medially or laterally or whatever, because the weight is being placed differently. Now, that happens with the kettlebell as well, except the way you grip a kettlebell is completely different than with the barbell, and the weight of the kettlebell is much lower than your wrist, whereas when you have a barbell, it's a, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the lever is a little bit uh, higher. The way you correct this is you work on scapular retraction and depression. Mm-hmm. If I can get my, my, the humerus part of my arm back and down and my elbows underneath the bar – then I can grab it with a straight wrist, and I'm not having uh, an issue. And you're going to really see this in Zone One of Prime. So when you're t- when you're going oh, that's through, what it, yeah, totally. When you're going through Prime, uh, the first assessment that we take you through is the the shoulder mobility, right? So, and you do the wall test, and for sure, if you're somebody who is pressing with a broken wrist. Uh, Prime is going to then direct you into the corrective movements that you should be doing to address this. So uh, it's actually really common uh, just because we we talk about this upper cross syndrome is one of the, the most common deviations, right? We're just rounded. Everybody's rounded forward. And then when you try and do a movement, even sometimes when you're not even doing a behind the back press, like I said, you'll notice it like me when you squat uh, or pressing a bar behind your head at all. Uh, the bench press one, like you, you can argue back and forth. People will debate that. Like power lifters sometimes util, utilize that technique, and uh, that that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who is trying to to move a bar behind their head, and then they have to break their wrist in order for the bar to clear their head. And that's just it. Is that obviously if you have to break the wrist to uh, to move the bar behind your head then it's not ideal. Now, I still have this, but I still also work on it. So it's not like, uh, you know, oh, I have it and I just say, fuck it. Just, you know, it's so, shoulder retraction right now is a, is a, and shoulder mobility for me has been a major focus uh, the last six months. And I definitely feel like I've came a long way, but I'm not there yet where I can do this press without any broken wrist. This is also where you see a lot of people in the gym that will start using wrist uh, wrist uh, wraps, not the straps, not the one that attached to the bar, but the actual the, like little weight belts that they put around the wrist. Mm. And you'll see people, I've seen people squatting with them and they were not even power lifters because their wrist breaks so hard when they squat. That was me. And they're supporting so that, much weight. That, that was me for sure. I had to, whenever I, whenever I squatted, uh, you know, three fifteen plus, I would wrist wrap my wrist because in order for me to get the bar in that low enough position that I liked it, my wrist would be broken and that heavy of a weight on my pressure on mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Absolutely. So, wow. and this was part of what made me really 
regress back and then start to work on that because it was like, obviously, if uh, I'm getting to the point where I have to wear wrist wraps, you know, or, you know, tape my wrist or do anything like that before I squat. Uh, obviously I've got issues, you know, instead of just crutching them, I should address those. So, You'll right. also see lifters take a super wide grip on the bar when they're squatting or place their hands on the plates. Yeah. And that's all because they have issues with, uh, with shoulder mobility. But yeah, with, with a, with a shoulder press, what I would do is I would stop doing behind the neck shoulder presses with the barbell and I would focus on doing presses with dumbbells because then you can kind of fall. The, the weight does you're not stuck with the bar behind your head. You're working with the dumbbell and start working. Like I would do. Arnold presses with a dumbbell and really focus on scapular traction at the top yeah. and then start doing kettlebell presses and really focus on that spiral motion and really work on the mobility. And then you'll find when you go to the behind the neck press with, well, the, with the barbell, I, I, you might I, be better. I agree and disagree. I, I agree because I think those are uh, great movements uh, that take the shoulder through full range of motion. But where I disagree is that what happens sometimes when we teach somebody a movement like that, they're still the shoulder's still going to take the the dominant uh, the dominant pathway because they've already formed their body a certain way. What I did was I regressed the weight. So you just have to take the the uh, I got to lift a bunch of weight mentality, and maybe you have to start with a PVC pipe. So one, I use our Maps Prime to prime my shoulders first. So then I prime my body. I get connected. And do all my movements like my shoulder dislocates, my band pull aparts, my threading the needle, my handcuff with a rotation. All these are priming movements in Maps Prime that help me get that shoulder retraction. Then I go over to the bar and just do the 45 pound bar, which I started with just the bar, no weight. And I work on keeping the wrist from breaking and just moving the bar behind my head and up without having to. Well, it's that it's, it's really, it's identifying your limitations in your range of motion. And so the only way to do that is to get a proper assessment and then find where, um, you know, your, your limitations lie and then address that very specifically. And like, how, how do we increase uh, the capacity for supported range of motion with your shoulders retracting, depressing properly, with your wrists lining up, your elbows. And then we take all that information you're, you're sending your body and then we start patterning that sequence mm. in pressing type movement. So you just, I mean, to be honest, like, to be on the real, you really have to like, you, you have to address that there's there's a dysfunction because you, it's showing you that. Mm. Yeah. What about the tension press with the stick behind the neck? Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. That would be a great yeah. one. Awesome. You know? Yeah. You could, you just grab a stick, take your grip, uh, and you could try different versions of it. You grip the stick real hard and pull your hands apart on the stick. So they're not actually separating, but you're creating outward tension and then come down as low as you can without breaking form and then press back up. And then the reverse. Mm-hmm drive the hands together again the hands are, are stationary so they're not actually coming together but you're creating inward tension and then again come down as low as you can and, and this tension up. is oh man it's such a great tool when we're finding um that you know the more you really amp up this this signal and, and you bring light to this um this movement your, your body your teach you're you're teaching the body that this is a priority this is something that we need support we need um, and, and your body gets more comfortable the more you can intrinsically add more tension to that movement. Well, this is why we were so excited about MAPS Prime. I mean, this is what it's about because we know in like being trainers and training the people, as many people as we have, is that very few people do I get to just like, here you go, here's a program, follow this, you're going to get buffed and ripped and lean. Like, honestly, 99% of the people that I've ever had to train, these are the issues that I have to address along the way of getting them into whatever their, ident- their uh, ideal goal is. So, 
you know, this is why we knew that uh, Prime was so essential and that it was a must that everybody goes through this assessment and sees this because regardless if you want to lose 50 pounds or build 30 pounds of muscle or whatever, like this is like you, this is definitely the foundation. This is definitely what you have to figure out how to incorporate this. And that's what the, that's the idea of Prime was to teach people to find these areas where they have the most dysfunction and then how to teach them specific movements to uh, fix this dysfunction while they're also going through their regular program. Perceptive change. Considering you focus on mobility, longevity, and bodybuilding, how about strongman training? Uh, Strongman training is interesting because when you go online and you look up uh, or you look at the routines of actual competitors of strongman, it looks like a combination powerlifting with some specific bodybuilding type moves. Believe it or not, I've seen strongman routines with leg press and leg extension, leg curls and stuff like that in there. But then they always add a skills segment to their training where they're specifically training for... Like the Atlas ball. Yeah, they're exactly. Or a tire or something, something that's, uh, that's specific to their particular sport. Yeah. So I want to be clear here. There's strongman training if you're a competitor... And then there's strongman type training that the average person can do. Now, I like, uh, now let's just not talk about specific competitive strongman training because that's so specific. You're training for a particular competition. It's no different than like the, you know, competition prep for bodybuilding or powerlifting specific training for powerlifting. But let's, let's talk about how we can apply what strongmen do for the average person who wants to really get big and strong. And one one of the things that strongman type training has an advantage over other types of training is you will you will do more quote unquote functional strength based exercises with strongman training than you will if you just do the traditional barbell and dumbbell exercises because they incorporate things like Atlas balls and mm-hmm. carries and fireman, you know, uh, uh, you know, farmer walks, and yoke, you know, walks and all that kind of all stuff. All these different kinds, of, and they they do incorporate timed lifts, so they get a little bit of strength endurance in there, uh, or you know, grip training where they're holding things for as long as they possibly can. But then there's specific things to strongman training that may not benefit you so much. Like you see strongmen using a lot of wrist wraps. Why? Because they're allowed to use them in competition. So they're going to train more specifically for the competition in that particular. Uh, yeah, way. I think it's. I think you need to look at uh, once, you, like you said, you're when you get into any sport, there's always going to have the the drawback of what's ideal for the body, right? For longevity reasons, but I do like, and I would have to say that strongman training is probably up there with top three of like best things or best movements for the body in comparison to a lot of sports out there, like. Most other sports, you do like the same thing repetitive over and over. Strongman does a lot of functional things that we would do. I mean, lifting a log a certain way, doing farmer walks, overhead pressing, you know, lifting a big heavy atlas. This is stuff. If there's things that will, would simulate our normal day, like at every, at one point in your life, everybody in here has lifted a TV that was really heavy, right? Or yeah. li- helped carry a refrigerator somewhere. Or t- these type of movements are probably the most practical, you know, or carry a lot lots of groceries or a bunch of weight or concrete over your shoulder. I mean, yeah. a 
lot of these movements these strong men have to do, you know, pushing a car or pulling a, I mean, I've done all these things, right? right, right very right. rarely have I ever, like how I train to be a bodybuilder and get on stage and present, uh, very, very rarely ever did I do a, you know, reverse fly bent over cable machine uh, out in the real world somewhere, you know, where I was bent over at 90 degrees with a fixed position in my elbow and I'm doing a reverse, like these type of movements I'm doing to sculpt the physique. I never had to ever do that outside in real life where strongman stuff, man, a lot of the stuff that they do uh, simulates a lot of what we're doing. But then there's just like anything else in sport, there's an extreme side to that. And when you have to start wrapping and bracing and doing that, well, it makes sense for them because they're competing at at an, an elite level and you're allowed to use those things. The average person, they would probably benefit more from just the movements, but not allowing themselves to crutch themselves with the things to assist it, right? Yeah, I would say if, uh, if you were to look at the strength sports, uh, strongman is it's got to be one of the strongman training has got to be one of the more functional uh, types of training. Now, I know some people will be like, no, CrossFit, you know, CrossFit's more. Oh, I, hell no. I've seen. Hell no. The problem, the problem with CrossFit's their programming, strongman programming, when I look at it, I've seen programming from uh, strongman competitors i know i know people who compete or train with you know these athletes and i look at their programming and it's it's done pretty well a lot of times it's actually kind of smart sometimes the way that well, many times the way that they they put these things together and i i see the rhyme and reason between you know behind all of it whereas some a lot of times with you know crossfit i don't see any rhyme and reason i see that like like we've talked about a million times before so yeah. i would say if you're looking for you know functional strength real world applicable functional strength definitely incorporate some of these strongman exercises and techniques into routine if you have access to them like like just doing a farmer walk you know a farmer walk you don't need special equipment if you're at the gym and you got you. They have dumbbells. Get a heavy pair of dumbbells yep. and walk for distance with good upright type posture with nice focused walk. That is going to uh, that's going to be nice carryover to everyday life and to your other lifts. Well, it reminds me a lot of why you know we'd get excited for 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 the for the guys that would like they came to the football team that were raised on a farm. You know, <laughs> they were strong as shit, right? From throwing hay bales, they, and- they do all this stuff. They they walk with hay. They, you know, they they chuck it up on you know the, the top of the barn. You know, they're just doing shit all day long, digging thing. You know, like just it, it's one of those things that you just know if if you did all these types of raw strength movements, you know, it's going to pay off. And and you know, strongman does have a lot of those elements in it, so. But yeah, like you said, it could get totally extreme and, um, you know, it could be one of those things where it's it, just like any sport. Like you want to see how far you can go with it. So yeah, you're going to load your body yeah, with just ridiculous amount of weight. Caution our yeah. listeners, you know, that it's, there's a scale to it. Yeah. I, I, I would mean, say go to, if you want to really do strongman training, I mean, there's certain exercises you could do at your regular gym, but otherwise I would go to a, a facility that has strongman equipment and has some people there that that know what they're doing yeah i think i think if it's something you're really interested in and you think it's fucking cool i think it is too that that would be awesome i think that'd be awesome to go to and be trained i would love to even with uh all of our backgrounds i still would rather have you know a a strongman uh train me on technique because even like uh even though we understand mechanics really, really well, uh, picking up an Atlas stone, there is a major technique. Oh, to that. my God. I mean, remember we were at uh, What's-His-Faces, and we were all trying to pick up that Atlas stone at... Shapati's. Yeah, 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 Shapati's place. 
And, uh, you know, it's not just as simple as is leaning and over. And it wasn't even like, a, it's not like heavy in, in the sense that you can lift a barbell that weighs that much, no problem. Yeah. No. There's a technique to how it's you lift it, how you grab awkward. it. Yeah, you it's awkward. Uh, that recruitment the, the other thing about strongman training that I find interesting is like if you look at powerlifting training, because strongmen do a lot of training that looks similar to powerlifting. Oh, yeah. But they, yeah, they do a lot of overhead pressing, a lot of squatting, a lot of deadlifting. Uh, the difference with strongman training is they'll go, they'll hit those higher reps. And they'll do lots of that strength endurance yeah, there's stuff. There's some endurance there. Whereas yeah. powerlifters don't don't don't. Well, do that's that. why I respect like when they're carrying all this like heavy heavy weight, like they're actually walking with it. Mm-hmm. There's not really a whole lot like powerlifting. They're not having to walk no. with all that weight. In so. fact, they, they, a lot of the competitions eliminate even stepping out of the squat cage. They, mm. they just have the monolift that. Oh, that's right. That moves yeah. the arms. Have you guys ever met uh, in, like in person, like professional high level strongmen? Uh, I don't know any personally, but I've been around them, and they're fucking. <laughs> when you meet a guy that's like on a professional level, that's a straw man. There, you can. There's such a genetic. Component. It's almost like another species. It of is. Yeah, their yeah. their hands just it's like Goliath. Oh yeah, their yeah. hands just engulf my hands. Their bone structure looks like it's three times the size. I mean, it's dude, crazy. I went to I went to a fitness convention, and uh, I, I met two of them. I met Bill Kazmaier, who was uh, one of the most probably most popular strongman competitors. Um, he was a uh, you know, multiple time winner of the world's strongest man. Um, I met him and he was doing this uh, like demonstration. And at the time, I don't know how old he is now. He's got to be in his 60s. So he must have been in his 60s or, or late 50s. Okay. And he's sitting there. He's still a fucking beast of a man. Right. And he's sitting there and he's got a frying pan. You ever seen someone roll up a frying pan like a piece of paper? <laughs> that's, no. That's okay. Legit. So I always thought it was a trick. I'm like, this is bullshit. No. It's a fucking real frying pan. He passed it around. I grabbed the frying <laughs> I'm like, this is a real frying pan. I, don't, I wouldn't be able to just bend it a little bit. Yeah. And this motherfucker, who was a nice 30 years older than me, rolled that shit up like, like a piece of paper. Wee. And of course, you can see the guy's hands. I mean, they look like mitts, and he's just this bear, right? Yeah. Then there was another strong man who was massive. He was like, I don't know, 6'8 and 375 pounds, just, just a giant. Like like, like if this were a thousand like my years, roommate in college, dude. If this were a thousand years ago, you give him a sword and he could take over your oh, whole no, village. Yeah, you know when like you, he would he would take over the whole village. We oh, all yeah, shit, we all sure. watch like Game of Thrones and things like that. Like it's there's like the mountain. He's yeah. oh yeah, he's always those guys are the guys that you always see. Like everybody had that army. They, everyone has that one guy or a couple guys in their army that's just yeah, like it's your champion. Yeah, and you fight your champion. Yeah, he holds he holds yeah. the, his sword is like weighs like ninety pounds and it's by itself and shit. <laughs> just ginormous, <laughs> dude, dude. So he so he. So he had this thing. I don't remember what company it was. He was working for. It was some supplement company, but he had this large, smooth, uh, and it was shaped almost like a disc, but it was thicker, right? It's called something, right? Where you had to pick it up with one hand. You just yes. What's that called? I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but it was like kind of kind of smooth, like a black kettlebell would be smooth. Our boy Fletch Fit would know. Fletch shoot us a text. I want to know. And so he had a bucket of chalk there, and all you had to do was squat down and lift it with one hand. Okay. And if you could lift it with one hand, you got free supplements and a free T-shirt. And there was a line of people. And I'm at a fitness convention. There's a lot of strong people there. Nobody could budge this fucking thing. And every once in a while, he would prove that you could lift like it. It's possible, dude. Yeah. He li- he lifted it with his hand like it was a like it was a, a toy. And then he like throw it in the air and catch it and then put it back down. <laughs> and it was so <laughs> so demoralizing. Oh, it's horrible. Like, oh. Yeah, there's nothing I could ever do no, that would be can't. like. <laughs> yeah, this is freakish. You can tell we're all into the strongman thing. We now. love them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah. very, very cool. Just caution everybody. I mean, it's it's definitely a, it's an advanced sport. So if you're your average person just trying to get yeah. in shape, I, you know, if you got the genetics for it. Awesome. Yeah, you yeah. probably know you have the genetics for yeah, it. Yeah, I think you would know. Yeah. yeah.
Rachel Donna Siciliana. Tips for hey. gym selection. <laughs> what to look for Mama as a consumer. Yeah. Tips, tips for a gym selection, uh, what to look for. As a, oh, wow, this is kind of a cool question. This is a good question for now because we're in January. It's the second half uh, of January. People are going to uh, be um, getting gym membership. getting into gyms, You know, trying to check out you know, facilities. Like, What should they look for? Here's something interesting that I always find uh, uh, very fascinating. You know, if I let me ask you guys a question, uh, and you can give me a rough number. Uh, how much, uh, Justin? Okay. You have a cell phone plan for you and your wife, right? Yeah. What does your bill normally look like every month? Well, probably like uh, uh, 160 something. 160 bucks, right? Yeah, how about like you, that. Adam? 240. 240 bucks. Right? I pay around. Uh, I pay around 150 bucks for my cell phone. If you go to the average person, and uh, you tell them, hey, uh, we're going to give you this fucking gym with everything you ever want, and it's 150 bucks a month, most people are like, Whoa, yeah, oh, yeah. so expensive. Yeah. I'm not going to... Most people spend more... Most people spend 100 bucks on their TV and 100 bucks on their cell phone, mm-hmm. but they look at a gym that costs anything over 30 bucks, and it's this ridiculous cost. You know super why, expensive. It's like, You know why? Because most people look at the gym as work. Yeah, and it's so work. it's yeah. like paying to go to work. That's how they... That's they're my like, point. They're like, <laughs> they're like, what? This job sucks. Like, I'm not that motivated. That <laughs> is my... That's 100% my point. Now, yeah. think about it this way. Why are you looking for a gym in the first place? Is it so you can have access to equipment? No. You're looking for a gym because you want to become healthier, you want to lose weight, you want to get fit, you want to get stronger, you want to feel better about yourself, maybe you're stressed out, whatever. But those goals are real goals to you, and those goals are very important goals. In fact, if you were, to, if you were able to magically get those goals uh, to happen for you, um, that would be invaluable. There's no price. You know, I could I could charge $100,000 and tell people I could snap my fingers and give you all the physical health goals you could ever want. I'd have a line of people out the door. So number one, rule number one is go to a gym that you know you're going to go to. Like this is a place I want to work out in. And stop worrying so much about the price because really the difference between $19 a month and $120 a month for a gym is massive in the quality, in the staff, and what you're going to get in that gym and how crowded it's going to be and how clean it's going to be. It's fucking huge. It's huge. Literally, a $19 a month gym, typically you're going to find a packed as hell gym during yeah, prime time Bunch hours. of assholes. Bunch of shit fucks working yeah. out in there. It's filthy. Uh, the staff sometimes is yeah. kind of shitty or oh, they the change The bathroom is going to be atrocious. Right. And so are you going to want to spend three to five hours a week in that place making yourself feel better? Because remember, you're going there to feel better too. Right? I don't want to go to a shit place that... In defense of the cheap EFT gyms, 19 to $24 a month, like you're saying, you know, there are exceptions to the rule that, and you'll know when you come in and you meet the meet the guy who's selling the membership to you because you'll feel awesome, right? He'll, if, he does a, if he's a really good salesman, there's really good energy in the place, you'll probably feel it right away. And if you don't feel it, you probably know you're stepping into the exactly what Sal's saying, which is a sweaty, dirty, stinky, unracked weights, terrible staff type of facility. And that's the thing, like that's what my, you get like, for for that price. Like my point is, you're going in there and you're thinking to yourself, like I'm I'm starting this thing, this new thing. Now, by the way, if you're a consistent gym goer and you're just looking to switch switch gyms, you know what you're looking for. You're going to go and you're like, I'm going to use this no matter what. I'm going to work out and use this equipment. But if you're new to this and you haven't done it for years. Like, don't worry about like the cost. If you can afford it, and a hundred bucks a month, people like again, they balk at it, but they spend way more than a hundred bucks a month on bullshit every single month. 
go to a place you're going to fucking go to that you want to go to, a place that's got classes or whatever that you like or equipment that you really like or it's a nice environment because the environment plays a huge role yeah. for the average person. Now, for me, the environment, I can get a good workout. I put my headphones on. If they got the equipment I want, I can block everybody out and work out. Environment's important, too, but I can, I've worked out in hotels. I've well, why don't we make changes, too? I mean, for me, now it all revolves around how awesome their kids' club is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, like, like the hours they're open, like... If I if it's easy for me to drop them off, and I, I feel like comfortable enough to like I can go do my thing. Well, I was just gonna say, why don't we go around real quick? Because I know that we all have multiple gym memberships. Yeah. What made you the the ones you have right now? So which ones do you have? Which one did you have? What did you cancel? What did you keep paying for? And what made you make that decision? Because I know personally, I have I think I have access to four different gyms, four different types of gyms. So including ours, right? So. Yeah. Uh, and there's a reason why I pay for all of those because there's something I get with all of them. So, for example, I, I pay a 24-hour fitness membership, my least favorite out of all of them. But what I pay for is that we travel a lot. We're on the go a lot. And I can almost guarantee that there will be a 24-hour fitness somewhere nearby. So accessibility yeah. as far as like in different locations. And they've actually done studies for this. So I remember when I worked for 24-hour fitness, that's actually the number one reason why people get a gym membership is, is accessibility. That's the reason why 24 kills it because it's open 24 hours. And there's yep. probably one close to you. And there's probably one nearby you. So, but well, that's uh, yeah. I, I venture to say that's the number one uh, thing that, that – that, will like attract a consumer and, and have them stick with going. Because, it's convenience, right? Yeah, because it has to be – I'll have you keep going, but I have my list. Well, it, the, here's why. The, here's why convenience has been proven to be like the number one is because getting to the gym can be already a daunting task for most people and that you have to talk yourself into it. And a lot of people are looking for the excuse not to go, to be honest. Yeah. Most people are, are going to go and nothing is easier than, oh, my gym's closed. I can't go. Or, oh, my gym's 30 minutes across town and it's traffic right now. These are all easy ways to get you out from them. When it's open 24 hours and it's near your home, it's a lot harder to make that excuse. So I think that's the reason why I keep that membership. Then I have like the luxury spa place, like where I know Sal is going most mornings right now. I love that it has a very not clean bath. I walk around their bathroom. Okay, at a gym, this is rare. At this gym, I walk around barefoot in the bathroom and I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm in my home walking around naked and barefoot in that place because the carpets are clean. The floors feel like they've just been mopped. They have a beautiful, in the men's, in the women's, they have separate steam and sauna, jacuzzi set up. And I love going to that place. It's a little posh, but what I don't like about it and that why I have a, also have a membership at Gold's is I can't quite get in the same mindset at that place because it's so spa and posh. It also attracts those people. Yeah. So when I go there and I they don't want any clanging and oh, banging. Yes. They don't, yeah. If they, I let weight slam on the you. floor, everybody yeah. turns around and looks at me like I'm a gorilla, and I'm yeah. just like, okay, well, I don't like that either. Normally, I don't give a fuck, but when people complain about it, then it just irritates me. And it's like, okay, you want me to set 500 pounds down on the ground and not make a noise? Okay, whatever. So I have a membership like at a place like Gold's, which encourages loud weights and heavy lifting. So I like it for that. And then, of course, I have our our, our facility where we have access to that. So I like the, the privacy of lifting by myself. So yeah. Well, here, here's what you have to look at. So when they do studies on accessibility, there's a huge impact on whether or not people buy a membership. Is there a huge impact uh, whether or not people keep 
using their membership with accessibility? Actually, not that much. In fact, uh, of course, there's a range. If it's too far, there's a difference. But the difference between one being next to your house and one being just 10 minutes away and whether or not they continue using it, it doesn't make that big of a difference. And, and here's your evidence right here. There's a million and one workout at home routines and a million and one pieces of equipment that people buy for their house that just sit in their house and they hang clothes on. So accessibility, we think it's as we think it's super important. Like, oh my god, if I had a gym in my fucking house, look, I lived in an apartment complex uh, for a little while here, and it had a, a, a gym in the apartment complex. I don't care what time I went in there, I was by myself. That's a very accessible gym, and nobody fucking used it. Mm-hmm. It's not that's not as important as you think. Of course, you don't want to go too far. But but realistically, the difference between a gym being right next to my house and one being 10 minutes away, it's not as important as you think. Never there, stop me. There are, more, there are more important things, statistically speaking, that will keep you going. And I'll tell you something right now. The rise of the small group training type facilities, the rise of the CrossFits, the rise of the Orange Theories and the Pilates Studios and the Yoga Studios – the reason why those are becoming more and more popular is because people go and they don't stop like they do with regular gyms because the environment is different. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different place. They go and they see people they like. They they get more interaction. It's cleaner. It's usually nicer. And those gym memberships are, on average, three to four times more expensive. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're, what's better, spending $20 a month on some bullshit you never use or spending $200 a month on something you use three days a week? One of them is a waste of money and one of them is an investment. That's the difference and that's what I want you to think about. When you're looking at your gym or when you're looking for a gym, write, write down the things that, you are, that are really important that you're going to want to see when you go to this fucking place. And like I said, yeah. if you've got a stressed out life like most people do, the last thing you're going to want to do, I promise you, is go to a – I don't care how close it is and how fucking convenient. You just go to a fucking place you don't want to be in because it's noisy, and shitty. You're fighting for machines, you're fighting can't for, find dumbbells. You're not yeah. going to go. You're just not going to go. And, the, and I'm telling you right now, I promise you, in the, luckily for you, in the gym world, the difference between a $20 membership and a $40 membership is massive. It's another 20 bucks a month. That's nothing. And it's a big difference, literally. The difference between a $20 membership and a $100 membership, you're in a completely different category now of of facility. So for me, it's got to be something that I want to be in Well, uh, I think Adam was just highlighting a lot of different points of, like, for people, like, in their motivation, right? So if you... You're the type of person that would enjoy more of a spa setting and like come in and like do your own thing, have your own convenience, but you're not going to make a lot of noise. You're not going to lift a lot of heavy weights. You know, that that's going to be a great environment for you versus somebody that's serious. And, you know, I'm going to hammer this out and I, w- I want people to be there to kind of motivate me because I see them lifting a lot of weight and whatever. And then that's your environment. And then there's the community people that I need everybody always like, hey, Susie, hey, how, glad to see you again. Yeah. You know, there's a gym for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, and there's a gym like for me, like all I care about is like, can you watch my kids and you're not creepy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, there's needs to be a gym for that. <laughs> Justin's like, if you got a squat rack I and a fucking God. deadlift platform and you can because, you're not a weirdo watching my kids, dude, I'm good. Listen, I'll tell you, because I went to another gym that was in Santa Cruz that was all about power and lifting heavy and it had a great setup. It was like half kind of uh, golds looking, but also had like squat racks and platforms. And I was like, fuck yeah, it's awesome. And then they had a kids club. Well, that kids club was fucking sketchy mm. and I did not feel comfortable with how they're managing it. They were not looking over my kid. Like I was just like, dude, this is giving me a creepy vibe. I'm out of here, dude. You guys can take this membership and shove it. <laughs> and then I went to this other one. And it was like totally not like my 
environment for like getting a badass workout. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Well, this yeah, reminds and, me of something Sal said. Uh, that's my priority right now. You know, this is something that Sal said not, or I mean, quite a while ago. It's been a while since you've said this. And I think it's a good time to bring it up in January because yeah, we talk so heavily about our programming and how it's superior and this and that. But one thing that we all still stand by is that an inferior program done consistently is still better than the best program ever done inconsistently. So if you get a gym membership you and you never fucking go because it doesn't of, even matter. Yeah, of all the reasons that it keeps you out of there, then it's really worthless. You're far better off going to a place that maybe be inferior to another place because it keeps you going there. And that's where and this kind of goes back to a question we asked recently when I kind of bagged on group group training a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know what? There, there, if you're somebody who won't go to the gym, unless you do have Susie, Phil and Mike saying hi to you every Wednesday and Friday, then you should probably do that because let's be honest, getting your ass up off your desk and moving weight and moving your body is far better than the most, you know, elite programming, best, best maps program ever, the best gym setting that you never go to, you know? Yeah. So that's always important. And I think optimally, we're all looking for the place you love to go to consistently and following in an ideal program. I mean, that's, that's the best of all worlds, but some people have to kind of work to Well, here's too. something else. I had a lot of success with this in the past with, uh, with people is I would explain to them that – because I think people get in the mentality, and you said it earlier, that it's work, right? So I would say to them, you know, uh, did you go to the gym on Monday? Like, well, I didn't really feel like working out. I was super run down. And I'd say, well, just go to the gym and just relax. Well, that's a waste of time. It's like, no, it's not. It <laughs> yeah. all, it's all contributing to your health, whether it be your physical health, or your mental health, or your spiritual health, or the fact that you're doing something for yourself. Yeah. So if you, like, again, look at your gym, and instead of looking at it like, this is a place I'm going to beat myself up, Look at it as, is this a place I want to come in? I want to come show up to three days a week for an hour and just be in. And if the answer to that is yes, my God, you know, I could see myself just coming here three days a week just to be here. Just to hang out. Then there's, that's, that's your gym. And even if it's more expensive, it's going to be a much better investment. Because even when you're there, you'll get inspired. It just happens that way. So yeah, definitely an inviting environment that's going to gel the best with you. Exactly. Look, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. Adam's at Mind Pump Adam. Justin's at Mind Pump Justin. And Doug, you guessed it, is at Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.